and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Chronicles 5-9, through nine, King or High Priest? How can Jesus actually be both? Today we'll finish off the genealogies, thank God, and show how they point to Jesus Messiah as both our king and high priest. Furthermore, you'll see how we born-again believers with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are his royal priesthood until he removes us from the earth in the rapture. So let's dig in. First Chronicles 5. We have the descendants of Reuben. The oldest son of Israel, Jacob, was Reuben. But since he dishonored his father by sleeping with one of his father's concubines, his birthright was given to the sons of his brother Joseph. For this reason, Reuben is not listed in the gene genealogical records of, as the firstborn son. The descendants of Judah became the most powerful tribe and provided a ruler for the nation. But the birthright belongs to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the oldest son of Israel, were four guys. <laughs> Here we go with the names again. Then the descendants of Joel were Shemaiah and, let me see, and Berea was the leader of the Reubenites when they were taken into captivity by, by King Tilgath-Pilzer of Assyria. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Bera's relatives are listed in the genealogical record by their clans. Um, uh, and so we had a couple of the prophets, Zechariah and Joel in there. The Reubenites lived in the area that stretches from um, Aurora to Nebo to Baal Maon. And since they had so many livestock in the land of Gilead, they spread east toward the edge of the desert that stretches to the Euphrates River. During the reign of Saul, the Reubenites defeated the Hagrites in battle. Then they moved into the Hagrite settlements all along the eastern edge of Gilead. The descendants of Gad. Oh, by the way, in, over in my blog, which you can click into the sh uh, in the show notes and click on over there, I have a map of the 12 tribes of Israel and where they were located. And it's so much easier to understand you know, all these locations when you're actually looking at a map. Um, so click on over to my blog and check it out. All right, the descendants of Gad. Next to the Reubenites, the descendants of Gad lived in the land of Bashan, as, Bashan, Bashan, as far east as Salica. 
Joel was the leader of the land of Bashan, and Shapin was second in command, followed by Janai and Shaphat. Their relatives, the leaders of seven other clans, were a whole slew of people. And these were descendants of Abihail, son of Uri, son of the son of Gilead, son of and son and son and son and son and son. The Gadites lived in the land of Gilead in Bashan and its villages and throughout all the pasture lands of Sharon. All of these were listed in the genealogical records during the days of King Jotham of Judah and King Jeroboam of Israel. Um, the tribes east of the Jordan. There were 44,760 capable warriors in the armies of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They were all skilled in combat and armed with shields, swords, and bows. They waged war against the Hagrites, the Jedrites, the Naphishites, and the Nodabites, and the Termites, and the Parasites. <laughs> they cried out to God during the battle, and he answered their prayer because they trusted in him. So the Hagrites and all their allies were defeated. The plunder taken from the Hagrites included a bunch of stuff and camels, sheep and goats and donkeys and captives. Many of the Hagrites were killed in the battle because God was fighting against them. The people of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh lived in their land until they were taken into exile. And this was, they were taken into exile to Assyria. The half-tribe of Manasseh was very large and spread through the land from Bashan to Baal Hermon, Sinir, and Mount Hermon. These were the leaders of the clans, and there were um, several people there. These men had a great reputation as mighty warriors and leaders of their clans, but these tribes were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors. They worshiped the gods of the nations that God had destroyed. So the God of Israel caused King Paul of Assyria, also known as Tilgath Pilser, to invade the land and take away the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh as captives. The Assyrians exiled them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and the Gozan River, where they remain to this day. Well, this was written at the end of the exile, of the Babylonian exile. Okay, so, all right. Um, uh, First Chronicles 6, the priestly line. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Merari. The descendants of Kohath included Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. The children of Amram were Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Uh, and then we go into their lineage. And um, uh, uh, go the high priest who built the temple by Solomon in Jerusalem. And then the last one is Sariah, was the father of Jehozadak, who went into exile when the Lord sent the people of Judah and Jerusalem into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Okay. The Levite clans, the sons of Levi, were, we already went through that. So they, why they're repeating that? I don't know. Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Okay. The descendants of Gershon, the descendants of Kohath, the descendants of Merari. Um, and the following were Levite clans listed according to their ancestral descent. Okay, so we go through Goshen, Kohath, um, and all of those. Okay, then we've got the temple musicians. 
David assigned the following men to lead the music at the house of the Lord after the ark was placed there. Okay, we find that in um, towards the end of 1 Samuel, and I got to link it. I got to link it in the blog. They ministered with music at the tabernacle until Solomon built the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. They carried out their work following all the regulations handed down to them. These are the men who served along with their sons. Heman, the musician, was from the clan of Kohath. His genealogy was traced back through Joel, Samuel, um, Elkanah, Jeroam, Eliel, Toa, and onward and onward and onward and onward and onward and of man. Uh, all the way to Israel, to Levi and to Israel, okay, or, or Jacob, okay? And Heman's first assistant was Asaph from the clan of Gershon. Asaph's genealogy was traced back through Berkiah, Shemaiah, Michael, blah, 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 all the way to Levi, okay? Then Heman's second assistant was Ethan from the clan of Merari. Ethan's genealogy was traced back through Kishi and onward and onward and onward, all the way back to Levi, okay? So only Levites were allowed in the temple to serve in the temple, Okay, and we'll talk about uh, um, their positions in a little bit. Their fellow Levites were appointed to various other tasks in the tabernacle, the house of God. Aaron's descendants, only Aaron and his descendants served as priests. They presented the offerings on the altar of burnt offering and the altar of incense, and they performed all the other duties related to the most holy place. They made atonement for Israel by doing everything that Moses, a servant of God, had commanded them. The descendants of Aaron were Eleazar, Phineas, Abishua, Buki, Uzi, Zeriah, and four or five others. Territory for the Levites. So this is the record of the towns and the territory assigned by means of sacred lots to the descendants of Aaron who were from the clan of Kohath. This territory included Hebron and its surrounding pasture lands in Judah, but the fields outlying areas belonging to the city were given to Caleb, son of Jephunneh. So the descendants of Aaron were given the following towns, each with its own pasture lands, Hebron, the city of refuge, and onward through and from the territory of Benjamin, they were given other places, other cities. Uh, 13 towns were given to the descendants of Aaron. The remaining descendants of Kohath received 10 towns from the territory of the half-tribe of Manasseh by means of sacred lots. The descendants of Gershon received by sacred lots 13 towns from the territories of Issachar, Asher, Nap Naphtali, Naphtali uh, from Bashan area and Manasseh, east of the Jordan. The descendants of Mer Merari received by sacred lots, the 12 towns from the ter um, uh, uh, territories of Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. So the people of Israel assigned all these towns and pasture lands to the Levites. The towns and the territories of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin mentioned above were assigned to them by means of sacred lots. The descendants of Kohath were given the following towns from the territory of Ephraim, um, each with its pasture lands. Shechem, the city of refuge in the hill country of Ephraim, Gezer, uh, Jachmim, uh, Beth Horon, and onward. The remaining descendants of Kohath were assigned the towns of Aner and Bilam from the territory of the half-tribe of Manasseh, each with its pasture lands. The descendants of Gershon received the towns of Golan uh, and Basham, um, 
along with its pasture lands from the territory of Issachar. They were given certain cities there and onward and onward. The remaining descendants of Merari received the towns of Joachim. Okay, so the, so all of the Levites got towns because they did not get their own land. They had specific towns and then people went to uh, to when they needed you know, to talk to a priest or whatever, then they they traveled to wherever the closest priest was. First Chronicles seven, descendants of Issachar. The four sons of Issachar were Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. Okay, the sons of Tola, and it goes on. At the time of David, the total number of mighty warriors listed in the records of these clans was twenty two thousand six hundred. The son of Uzi was Israel. Sons were uh, Badiah, Joel. So uh, these five became leaders of clans. All of them had many wives and many sons. So the total number of men available for military service among their descendants was thirty-six thousand. The total number of mighty warriors from all the clans and tribes of Ish uh, tribe of Ishikar was eighty-seven thousand. All of them were listed in their genealogical records. Descendants of Benjamin. Three of Benjamin's sons were Bela, Becker, and Jedial. The five sons of Bela and uh, had five sons, and Bela had five sons. Each of them was the leader of an ancestral clan. The total number of mighty warriors from these clans was 22,034, as listed in their genealogical records. And the sons of Becker, and we go along with those, uh, each of them was the leader of an ancestral clan. The total number of mighty warriors, the leaders from these clans, was 20,200, as listed in the Geological records. The son of Jedial, the son of Bilhan, and so on. Each of them was a leader of an ancestral clan, and these clans' total number of warriors was 17,200. The sons of Ur were two guys, and another one was okay. Then we've got the descendants of Naphtali, which only has one line. The sons of Naphtali were Jazeel, Guni, Jezer, Shelem, all were descendants of Jacob's concubine, Bilhah. Descendants of Manasseh. The descendants of Manasseh through his Aramean concubine included. Already they're mixing. Um, she also bore Makir, the father of Gilead. Makir found wives of Hupin, Sup and Supin, and Makir had a sister, and who only and, uh, one of his descendants was Zelophehad, and he only had daughters. Um, considered uh, Gil Gileadites, descendants of Makir, son of Manasseh. Makir's sister um, gave, um, gave birth to three guys. Um, the sons of, um, and then another guy had another four sons. Okay, descendants of Ephraim. And if you want to go look at all these names, just click on over to my blog and go through all these names. If you want to find baby names, go right ahead. There's some of these, some of these I know, uh, you know, have become you know, names, uh, uh, children have been named after them. Um, uh, descendants of Ephraim. Um, descendants of Eph Ephraim or Ephraim, okay. Were, yeah, okay. And the last, um, the last two, Ezer and Eliad were killed trying to steal livestock from the local farmers near Gath. Their father Ephraim mourned for them a long time, and his relatives came to comfort him. Afterward, Ephraim slept with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave their birth to a son. Ephraim named him Bariah because of the tragedy his family had suffered. He had a daughter named Shirah. 
Shira. She built the towns of Lower and Upper Beth Horon and Uzan Shira. The descendants of Ephraim included two, three, four, five, six, seven more men, Nun and Joshua. The descendants of Ephraim lived in um, the territory that included Bethel and its surrounding towns, the south to Naran to the east, Gezer and its villages to the west, and Shechem and its surrounding villages to the north as far as Aya and its towns along the border of Manasseh, where the towns were several towns and their surrounding villages. The descendants of Joseph, son of Israel, lived in this and uh, these towns. Descendants of Asher. Go through Asher's. Um, anything interesting here? Each of the descendants of Asher was the head of an ancestral clan. They all were select men, mighty warriors, and outstanding leaders. The total number of men available for military service was 26,000, as listed in their gene gene genealogical records. First Chronicles 8, descendants of Benjamin. Okay, back to Benjamin again. So this is just in the note. Benjamin's first son was Bela, second son was Ashbel, third was Ahara, the fourth was Nohah, and the fifth was Rapha. These, the sons of Bela were Adar, Gerar, and onward, and had a bunch of other kids. Okay, the sons of Ehud, leaders of the clans living in Giva, exiled to um, Manahath. Okay. Uh, Gira, who led them into exile, was the father of Uzzah and Ihud. Okay, after one of them divorced his, his wives, he had children in the land of Moab. His wife, Hodesh, gave birth to Jobab and three others. Oh my gosh, more than that. Then son, uh, these sons all became leaders of clans. Okay, then onward and onward. Uh, um... The next one, they were leaders of the clans living in Ahijalon, and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath. Ahio, okay, for the sons of Beriah. Okay, keep going. More names, more names, more sons, more sons, more sons, more sons. And these were the leaders of the ancestral clans. They were listed in the gene genealogical records, and they all lived in Jerusalem. That's the Benjamins. Okay, now we go to the family of Saul as the king Saul, because he was a Benjamite. Okay, so Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was uh, was Me uh, Mecca, and his oldest son was Abdon. Jael's other sons were several others, uh, who was the father of Shimeon. All families lived near each other in Jerusalem. And then Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, uh, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Ishbal. Jonathan was the father of Meribal. And Meribal was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon and three others. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of three including uh, one of those, including Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Bania. Bania was the father of Raphania. Raphia was the father. Of, and we keep going and we keep going. We keep going. Okay. So to, um, okay. All the descendants of Benjamin. Okay. So King Saul, again, was from the tribe of Benjamin. 
So all Israel was listed in the genealogical records in the book of the kings of Israel. The returning exiles. Okay, so now we get to the story part. Okay, so the people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of the exiles to return to their property in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthai, son of Amihud, son of Amri, son of Imri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Okay. Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Asaiah the oldest and his sons. From the Zerahite clan, Jehul returned with his relatives. In all 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Selu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodiva, son of, 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 went all the way to Raul, son of Abinijah. These men were all leaders of clans and they were listed in their genealogical records and all 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. The returning priests. Among the priests who returned were Jedediah, Jehoharib, Jacob, Azariah, son of Elkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of, and all the way down, Azariah was the chief officer in the house of God. Other returning priests were Adiah, son of Jeroham, son of, son of, son of, son of, son of, son of, all the way down, son of Emma. In all 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The returning Levites. The Levites who returned were Shemaiah, son of Hashab, son of as uh, son of son of son of goes all the way down, all the way down, all the way down. Who um, son of Elkanah who lived in the area of Netophath. The gatekeepers who returned were um, several guys and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper prior to this time. They were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kor, a descendant of Abish, uh, and the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korites, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Okay. Phineas, son of Eleazar. And if you want to click on over to my blog, click on Tabernacle, and you can go and look at the pictures of the Tabernacle when it was being built in the book of Exodus. So that was the mobile tent of meeting, as I called it. Okay. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times. The Lord had been with him, and later Zechariah, son of Meshelemiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance of the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days. They were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants by their division were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when the house was a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. 
The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials, for they were responsible for the rooms and the treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items, the sanctuaries, the supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priests who blended the spices. Mattithiah, uh, Matt a Levite, was the oldest son of Shalom, the Korahite, who was instruct, entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of the Levite families um, and were listed as prominent leaders in their gene genealogical records. King Saul's family tree, and we go again to the King Saul's, and I'm just going to let you go in and read that. Um, all right, so let's go down to some key points here. So in chapter five, the so Chronicles explains what the Torah didn't cover. For instance, chapter five begins um, um, with the fact that Reuben lost his firstborn birthright because of sexual immorality. The tribe of Judah became the most powerful, subsequently giving us the royal line of King David that leads to Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Messiah. Notice that the tribes east of the Jordan River who got special permission to settle there broke the commandments of God by worshiping the gods of the pagan nations. Trouble. Chapter six, we have the priests. The Levites were the priestly clan. Moses and Aaron were the first leaders during the Exodus. A third were ministers, a third were workers or the gatekeepers, and the other third were the musicians and worship leaders. Many of the Psalms were written by Asaph, the sons of Korah. Heman wrote Psalm 88, and Ethan wrote Psalm 89. Chapter 7, we have five more tribes. We get the genealogies of Issachar, Benjamin, Naphtali, Manasseh, and Ephraim. Um, now, the latter two are Joseph's sons, and they were considered half-tribes. Oddly enough, two tribes, Dan and Zebulun, are not listed. When they counted the people, they counted only fighting men between the ages of 20 and 50. Chapter 8, Benjamin. At any rate, the type of Benjamin gets an extra mention. Why? Because their first king from that tribe, King Saul, um, was King Saul, and he gets a special, um, fa uh, his family gets a special listing. Okay, so he was, King Saul was the first king of Israel, and he was a Benjamite. So the Benjamites were warriors. The apostle Paul, also from the tribe of Benjamin, was a warrior for the faith, and his name was originally Saul. Now, he was probably named after the king, but, and God changed it to avoid confusion. Well, Paul gave us the armor of God. So that's, that's an interesting little tidbit of information there. And if you don't know what the armor of God is, we need to put it on every day because we are being attacked by um, spiritual warfare constantly. Chapter 9, the returning exile. Now, an important note, when the United Kingdom of Israel split after the death of Solomon, 
there were more bad kings than good kings. Moreover, only the tribes of Judah and Benjamin were in the south and the rest were in the north. God passed a judgment on the northern kingdom of Israel by having the Assyrians come and take them away. And they mixed with the Gentiles and some returned and settled in Samaria. Those tribes basically disappeared. Only the tribes of Judah and Benjamin stayed intact. And again, I have a map over in my blog so you can see where the split was um, in the divided kingdom. Lastly, we have a listing of the returning exile. Um, it was important to keep the genealogical record. And notice that named first are the priests, Levites, temple servants, then the other Israelites are mentioned. It also says that some people from Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's son, returned and settled in Jerusalem. Now, the first task the returning exiles had was to rebuild the temple. And we covered that in the book of Ezra, which we did a few weeks ago. Um, worship God first. See, the temple was first. Rebuild the temple first. You have to worship God first. And Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. When we put God first, everything else falls into place. We worship God by how we work, how we treat people and animals. What's more, we worship God in spirit and in truth. We trust God, not ourselves. Jesus, your king and high priest. Now, Jesus Messiah is a descendant of King David and our high priest from the tribe of Judah. He will come back soon, he told us. In John 14, starting in verse 1, don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus tells us. Trust in God and also trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. Yes. Okay, first, he'll come only to the sky where all of us born-again believers will meet him in the rapture. Then there'll be seven years of judgment during the tribulation. And after the seven years of tribulation, he'll come back to battle the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan, and he'll be victorious. That's the glorious appearing. And all his born-again believers will be with him. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, if you're not sure that you're born again, just um, pray the prayer in the show notes or click on over to my blog and click where it says um, how to know Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. 
Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.